Rest. All right. Welcome to Daily Power Parsha. Today is Friday, June 4th, and we are ready to roll. So we are going to finish up our studies of the Torah portion of Shlach. We're going to do this in original DPP style, five to ten minutes, and let's jump right in. Boom. Sharing the screen, because sharing is caring. Here we go. Torahing for Shlach. As you see it, reading number six. This is number chapter 15, verse number 17. We're going to do the sixth and seventh readings today. So we begin with a conversation about challah, dough. Not baking what we call challah, but separating challah, which is a gift to the Kohen from dough that is, ba- that is being baked. So the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and you shall say to them, When you arrive in the land to which I am bringing you, so this is a mitzvah that only is applicable once you get into Israel, and you eat from the bread of the land, because now they're eating bread from heaven, manna, so they're not baking bread, so, right, because it's miracle food. So when you get to the land, and you eat from the bread of the land, so then you shall set aside a gift for the Lord. Give something to God from your bread. How so? The Torah says, The first portion of your dough, you shall separate a loaf for a gift. As in the case of the gift of the threshing floor, so shall you separate it. You take a piece of dough. When you're baking bread, you take, assuming it's it's the right amount, it has to be above a certain amount of dough to qualify. But once it qualifies, you take off a piece of the dough, you separate it out, and you give it to... God, you really give it to the Kohen as a gift, to, uh, to, as a holy gift. So from the first portion of the dough, you shall give a gift to the Lord in all your generations. This applies today. Now, we don't have a temple. We, don't have, a, we have Kohanim. There's a Kohen, but there's no Kohen in the temple. So what we do today is we actually separate the challah, and then we burn it. Take a little piece of dough and burn it in the oven, and we don't want to have benefit from it. We don't want to throw it out. So we burn it kind of like a burnt offering. That's the, the closest we get nowadays. Well, to, does that take place every week? Or just yeah, when you're baking challah, yeah. Yeah, you would separate it out. I mean, obviously, don't burn it while you're baking the challah because that's going to create all sorts of... But yeah, you would bake your challah or whatever it is, and then you would just turn on the oven on broil and put it in and burn it. You know, you, some people put, wrap it in a, in, a, in a thing of foil, and you basically you know, ro- roast it until it gets really hot and basically unedible, and then... That's it. And, and then you throw it out. But it's kind of like some sort of... They've already taken the challah from it. Now, what's interesting is we call challah the actual loaf, but in Torah, challah is what you separate from the loaf to give to the Kohen. It's just one of those terms that have stuck in, the, in an interesting space. All right. So we continue inside. And if you should err and not fulfill these commandments, which the Lord spoke to Moses, uh, all, the Lord, all that the Lord commanded you through Moses from the day on which the Lord commanded, and from then on for all generations... So if, so if the mitzvot are not being done, if because of the eyes of the congregation it was committed inadvertently, in other words, if everyone just messes up, the whole community somehow is mistaken about something and everyone messes up, so then the entire congregation shall prepare a young bull as a burnt offering for a pleasing fragrance for the Lord with its prescribed meal offering and libation and one young hego for a sin offering. The Kohen shall atone on behalf of the entire congregation of the children of Israel and it shall be forgiven and it shall be forgiven them. For it was an error, and they have brought their offering as a fire offering to the Lord, and their sin offering before the Lord because of their error. The entire congregation of the children of Israel and the proselyte who resides with them shall be forgiven, for all the people were in error. Okay, 
There we go. So here we have an interesting case. Now, it may have fit better or it may have seemed to fit in the book of Leviticus when we talk about the offerings and the sin offerings. And here we have a unique case where everybody just for some reason, everyone just got something wrong and everyone was doing it. So there is a prescription to, um, to fix. I just think of an example of, of how this could happen. I mean, it you know, could happen that you know, uh, something was mislabeled kosher and everyone bought from the butcher and it turns out it wasn't kosher and everyone did the same thing, kind of eating from that food. Or whatever, you went to a, not you, one went to a wedding and ate from the food and I'm just thinking about food as an example. I don't know why, maybe it's this example where everyone is on the same page or I don't know, something else. But so there's a, there's a, there's a sacrifice, there's a sin, sin atonement, sacrifice and offering for that. Let's quickly go into seven, uh, reading number seven. But if an individual sins inadvertently, he shall offer up a she-goat in its first year as a sin offering, and the Kohen shall atone for the erring soul which sinned inadvertently before the Lord, so as to atone on his behalf, and it shall be forgiven him. One law shall apply to anyone who sins inadvertently from the native born of the children of Israel and the proselyte who resides among them. Again, one law for everyone. But if a person should act high-handedly, <laughs> right? In other words, this is with chutzpah, um, uh, whether he is a native-born or a proselyte, he is blaspheming the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from, from its people. Here we're talking about a more, not inadvertent thing, but something that is more, not only intentional, but it seems like it's really trying to provoke. Then it's a more serious action, and a little, a, an animal sacrifice might not be enough. For he has scorned the word of the Lord and violated his commandment, that soul shall be utterly cut off, for its, iniqui for its iniquity is upon it. And of course... This idea of soul being cut off sounds obviously very serious, and it is. Um, and it's only for certain things, though, that, uh, that, that, that trigger that. And there is, you know, there's always, always second chances. All right, let's... Um, oh, Sandrine is joining. Fantastic. Let's continue. Hey, Sandrine, welcome. Just a note, I am, I'm going to wrap up quickly um, because I've got to run, so we're just going to spend another few minutes then wrap, but it's great to have you on for these few. So um, let's go. When the children of Israel were in the desert, here's a new story. They found the man gathering wood on Shabbat, on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood presented him before Moses and Aaron and before the entire congregation. They put him under guard since it was not specified what should be done to him. So this is the Mekoshesh Eitzim, the wood gatherer. Some say it was a wood chopper, whatever, chopping, gathering, basically doing something that should not be done on Shabbat. The Lord said to Moses, to clarify, this man shall be put to death. The entire congregation shall pelt him with stones outside the camp. Sound serious? Yes. All right. These were desert times and Shabbos was, uh, was there were specific um, actions and consequences here. So the entire congregation took him outside the camp and they pelted him with stones pelted him to death with stones as the Lord commanded Moses. There are many commentaries explaining this story, which unfortunately I don't have time to get into right now. But let's talk about tzitzis and we'll end off here. The Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and you shall say to them, They shall make for themselves fringes on the corners of their garments. Right? Tzitzis. Fringes on the corners of the garments throughout their generations and they shall affix a thread of sky blue wool on the fringe of each corner. This, sh this shall be fringes for you, and when you see it, so thread of sky blue is a trelet. This shall be fringes for you, and when you see it, when you see the sky blue, when you see the tzitzit, you will remember all the commandments 
of the Lord to perform them, and you shall not wander after your hearts and after your eyes, after which you are going astray. This is a reminder to keep you on task, to keep you focused, to keep you Jewish, so that you shall remember and perform all my commandments, and you shall be holy to, the, to your God. I am the Lord your God who took you out of the land of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. We mentioned the Exodus, the mitzvah of tzitzit. This forms right here, these few paragraphs, one, two, three, four, five, forms the third paragraph of the Shema. The Shema has three sections. This is the third section of the Shema, this quote right over here, this citation. So it talks about tzitzit, and when we say the Shema and read it, so those that are wearing tzitzit actually give a kiss to the tzitzit after every, each time it says the words fringes. Fringes. Thread. Oh, sorry, no. Fringes, fringe, and fringes. Those three times one kisses the tzitzit that they are wearing, a talit or a talakatan or a small one. Either way, that is what's done. Okay, so we should, we should um, remember the commandments, right? We should look up. The sky reminds us that there's something higher than us, and we should be inspired to indeed make this world a beautiful place unto man and unto, unto mankind and unto God. All right, thank you for joining today. Sorry I have to run, but I have this, uh, this, this thing that's calling my attention. All right. Right now for possibility of rain Sunday night. Oh, really? Ooh, I need to check that. Thank you for the heads up. I'm going to check that. Okay, I'll be monitoring that. If, if for some reason it's a problem, we'll have to adjust. Either we'll have to postpone or we'll maybe move inside because we have those TV screens inside. It's not the same, you know, but we'll see. I have a big order of food, so all right, we'll have to check it out. Um, good to see you. Donna, Sandrine, Shabbat Shalom. We'll see you soon. Take care. Shabbat Shalom. Bye, everybody.